the pocket, smooth ass cuts. I came for change, they came up bust. Some guts had nothing to say. I spoke my mind, may sprain my brain. Lyrically swung around jungle lines. Beat the beat, beat up blind. You bet your ass, but wait long. Forget right swinging, toss unstrong. Gotta ask, is y'all asleep? 300 million sheep. Should I keep my angry, mad ass breath before I talk this life to death? Beat hits right on point, may fit this mic. Alright, Rob. Uh, rock this joint. Go on now, give me that boom. I got that boom, boom, boom. Now give me, baby, some room to move as I cut the rug that hugs my shoes. Music hits. Boom. Now, baby, comes my truth. Come to feel this just like you. Come to feel this just like you. Come to feel the way you do. In the pocket, it gets so smooth. Feel my bounce, release my blues. Come to feel this just like you. Come to feel this just like you. I come to feel just like you do. In the pocket, it gets so smooth. Feel my bounce, release my blues. Welcome to the Truth to Power podcast. I am Curious G. How does one speak truth to power? We do it in our art, through our music, in the poetry of our language, or by the comedy that we find in the darkness of days. This art on this show may offend, for we are imperfectly human and uncensored. We hope the themes will enlighten as well as entertain, for on the Truth to Power podcast, we wish to build enthusiasm for being connected. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm Curious G. Welcome to the Truth to Power podcast. I got my man. What's up, y'all? This your boy, Papa Brown. Papa Brown, up-and-coming rapper. All right, so this topic right here is perfect for anybody that wants to be in the world of art, right? So this topic here is all about art. Well, let's do it. It's all about how art connects us. And I, I told you I like to start off a lot of times with a, a quote, so I'm going to throw one out here on you. Um, no great artists see things in the world as they truly are. If he did, he would cease to be an artist. That man was Oscar Wilde. You ever heard of that dude? No, I'm not too familiar, but that uh that quote bangs. Dude, he was uh he was a writer. Um, you know, and I, I like to tap into what the writers have to say a lot of times, especially when it comes to art. Um, and not every never not every person that I snatch a quote from this time is an artist. Uh would you say that you are an artist other than your rap? Oh, absolutely. It has to be, you know, just based on that quote. First of all, I don't think I've ever envisioned the world how, you know, Joe Blow or Average Jane does over there. Um, from the way I start my day to the way I get dressed to the way I envision my future. You know, I, I bleed art and inspire passion. Oh. Like that one, huh? <laughs> this motherfucker came out smooth. <laughs> you like that one, huh? <laughs> I, hear, I hear panties getting wet out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies, calm down now. I got a question though, right? Is art, in your opinion, the freedom of an individual's self-expression? It has to be. It has to be. Um, it's just one of those things for me. It's um, There's no such thing as bad art, mm. right? Everyone in their own way can be a creator, Right? It's the most expressive thing that we have to really show who you are. You know, that's just kind of how I've always rode that one out. And, um, you know, 
just all around the board, like I said, from the way that I talk, from the way that I dress, you know. Obviously, art comes from one place. You know, you take something and you feel like it's a part of you and you back pocket it. You take another thing that you feel like it's a part of you too and you back pocket it. Um, you know, but that self-expression all across the board is just a beautiful thing overall. You know, um, I think the first time that you were ever in my vehicle, that song Voodoo played. And that was, I think, the first track I played for you. Do you remember that yeah, song? Yeah, I do, I do. So I don't know if you know this. I wasn't even thinking about talking about this, but I just remembered. Um, I wrote that for KRS-One. Huh. Not for him personally, but uh, I heard an interview that he did where he was talking about his life as a rapper. And the interview hit me hard. It was probably like a half-hour interview. And I don't know if you ever heard him talk about when he w moved away from rap and became a, a person that worked for the producers of, of rap. Okay. And he would sign artists and all this and that. You ever hear that, that interview? Like, slightly, I'm not super well-versed with it, but, you know, I know that he did kind of switch away. gears a little bit. Yeah. So he said that he got sick, physically sick, um, when he did that. Spiritually sick. Yeah. Because he felt like when you were a rap artist, let's say, coming up, you were speaking your truth, even if it was the truth on the block, right? Like even if you were just talking shit about your friends, right? Mm -hmm. You were speaking your truth. And he felt like one of the things that happened when um, people got on the mic was they got those contracts. Okay. And, then, and then you didn't have that freedom of expression, yeah, bet. right? He's, he talked about it as being a different type of slavery. Um, and it's funny, like when I first, when I first wrote that song, I was actually thinking about, um, I was thinking about, cause the song, uh, I talk about how X's come to truth, the way truth collects is I was thinking of Malcolm X. Yeah, actually. Yeah, bet. Malcolm X was one of my, uh, one of my dudes that I always looked to, um, more so than, than King yesterday was Martin Luther King day. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just on my mind. Um, but I like Malcolm X more, to be honest with you, because he um, he was always changing who he was. Like he believed so much in this religion, and then he saw that the top people in the religion were just pedophiles that were yeah. sleeping with these chicks. Yeah. And he's like, "No, no, I'm authentic as fuck," you know. And and he was willing to uh, basically call them out and and seek truth himself. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. And, and that to me was kind of what a rap artist is, is somebody that seeks truth. And when um, KRS-One talked about that, it, I felt like he was really in freedom in that mm -hmm. freedom of expression. Um, there's this uh, one part of the song where uh, I'm talking about this this message, right? This message is lost across the two full plate, right? The two full plate was when you started getting paid, yeah, right? And one of the first songs uh, written when um, a rapper got killed for the first time by another rapper was a song called The Message. And a bunch of dudes from New York came together and did this track called The Message. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this song, that idea of the message being lost across that two full plate is that's sometimes the way that producers silence the artist is uh, with the money. Okay, yeah. You know? Yeah, for me, it's, um, 
You know, there's there's certain artists like KRS-One, um, but like kind of what you're talking about right there, the the group that comes to mind is Dead Prez. Mm. I'm not sure if you're super familiar with Dead Prez. No, right? not at all. They they're uh, from the school system to the government. They're just straight up on that fuck the system, fuck the modern day <laughs> slave type type deal with. You know, when it comes to uh, music and being restricted and however it is. And for me personally, that's that's one of those things for me that, you know, I'm. it was hard for me to really step into this. You know what I mean? Because I've seen it firsthand where people, you know, they, they start coming up or whatever the case is and they lose sight of why they're originally doing this shit. Mm. Right? Um, fuck. I think it was an old high tech song. And he said, we're the voice for the voiceless, the hope for the hopeless. Oh, wow. Right. And that shit really stuck with me as like a little kid, like maybe 14 years old, some shit like that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, like I said, that I bleed art and inspire passion. That was from like a poem I wrote back in the day. Um, you know, so really being on uh, that mind track of just really always staying true to my authentic self. But like Malcolm, it's always going to be evolving too. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as that's a part of me still or something that I'm searching to find in myself. Yeah, it should. Naturally, there should be a progression of who you develop into. Right. Um, so that's where I see it. There's a there's another thing, too. Right. We know we're talking about Martin and Malcolm. I read this theory and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm super nerdy into the comic books and all that shit. Right. No, you keep that shit on the down low though. I'll tell you what, no, I tell dude. everybody <laughs> I'm being my authentic self. <laughs> but, uh, so think about Martin Luther King Jr. Right now think about professor X from the X-Men, you know, we, we can all be on the same page. We can all coexist. Right. Mm. And then you got Malcolm X, like Magneto, like, Oh, they don't want to see us who, for who we are. Fuck it. They even call themselves the Brotherhood. Like it's kind of just a wild theory that I tapped into a while ago. But oh no, dude, for real that yeah. first that first X Man movie. Yeah, I, I think that the undertone of that movie was a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. If you look at that, uh, you know the Magneto character, right? Like he was in Nazi Germany and he saw his parents get killed and he yeah. got tattooed and you know, he was the property of, yeah. and he was less than, yeah. right? And, and he saw what fear does to people, right? So he had a reason to not think of, of humans as uh, people he wanted to protect. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that, I mean, if, if God had meant us to be together, he'd have put us together. Well, look what he'd done. He put you over in Africa, he put the rest of us in all the white countries. <laughs> Well, you must have told him where we were because somebody came and got it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, all, it's us versus y'all. Really, that's what it was. And just the comparisons between, you know, the two, the, the four people, are, it's kind of wild to think about if you put it like that. Hmm. All right, so let's, let's switch gears a little bit. You know who Emmanuel uh, Kant was? Kant? Immanuel Kant? Mm, not super familiar. Put me on game. Okay, he's an 18th century philosopher. And he argued that the universe ultimately consists of things in themselves that are unknowable, that you can't really fucking know everything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, While he held this notion that there's an objective reality that exists, he said our mind plays this necessary role in structuring and shaping our perception. So he said, basically, if you take vision, for instance, or or retinas, they're flat surfaces 
that only receive two-dimensional information. But our cognitive function, our brain, actually adds that third dimension. So this is our perceptual experience actually creating reality physically to mm -hmm. a certain degree. Um, by, do by doing this, we create aspects of reality. And um, we, are, we are basically born as creators of our own existence. Mm -hmm. So here's my question for you, thinking about that shit, okay. right? Have you ever felt like you were creating your own reality? Fuck, dude. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> big time players make big time plays big and big time, time moments. <laughs> now, let me ask you this question again. Have you ever felt like you were creating your own reality? I feel like I have to. Mm. I have to, you know? What do you say? I'm, 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 the, I'm the ruler of my own destiny, you know? Um, sometimes that, that can kind of stray away from me in my, you know, when you're talking about ego and things like that. Okay. But otherwise, every moment that you look into, every moment that you step into, going back to that perspective of what your actual reality is, you know, um, from music to art to, you know, uh, this moment right here, right now, you know, what it means to me might be very vastly different than what it is to you. Mm. Right. But this is my fucking reality. This is what my moment is. So I see it the way that I need to see it. I see it that I'm the way I want it to be perceived within my own mind. Right. Mm. You, were you creating reality when you played ball? Oh, fuck, man. All day. <laughs> All day. You got to see it first, right? Right. You got to right. see it first. Like I said, man, I, I live my life through uh, music quotes. He said, I've seen a vision. I'm in it. And now I'm after greatness. Mm. It's Nipsey Hussle, right? Uh, especially with ball. That's what they say. You got to see the play first before it even happens to get those mental reps in. You know, I'm on the field pregame on the field after practice when nobody's there with no ball going through my motions, seeing that virtual reality type, you know what I'm saying? Seeing it in my head first. And that was, that was in a way, um, the culture that you existed in. Absolutely. Right? So, and, and this is actually a big topic on today's show is, is the idea of culture. Do you know where um, the idea of culture actually comes from going way back to early civilization? What's that, Sean? Cultivate. Huh. Motherfuckers grew some shit, right? In this neighborhood huh. over here. So simplistic. And the shit that they grew <laughs> gave them different products. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. So their clothes was different, their art was different, all this stuff. And then these motherfuckers over here grew this shit. Mm. And that shit that they grew, it gave them the clothes they had and the art products they had and the food they had. So when people... Um, exchange culture, it actually kind of made their world a little bit more rounded in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But people didn't travel very far, right? Yeah. So culture wasn't as as diverse as it is today in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it, as crazy as all that sounds, you know, it's kind of the soil that we're immersed in that helps to create our culture. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because we grow a little bit like those plants, right? And, and you being a, a dude that played football all those years, that was part of a culture that you came up in. Um, me, I surf, man. Yeah. And, and there's something about that that makes the culture, right? Like mm -hmm. I started surfing when I was, uh, I want to say... In fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, I got my first surfboard and I was at the beach as much as I could. 
I lived that shit. I dressed, I should still wear clothes that, that no. are made by surf companies. I haven't surfed since I was no. like way young, you know what I mean? Um, but there's, there's a culture that we kind of become a part of in our own lives based on that soil that we grow in, right? So I want to think about it like this, right? Culture has been called the way of life for an entire society. Cultivation through education, systematic improvement and the refinement of the mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Basically cultures grow in shit, like we said, but, um, when you think about American culture today, how would you say that we're growing the mind of Americans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh goddamn! Yeah, Uncle Sam, goddamn! Ooh, you said how are we growing? Yeah, fuck. Man. I mean, what is American culture in your mind? Would you say that that um, uh, who would you say Americans are in the world today? You know, it's uh. It's one of those tricky situations for me personally, you know what I mean? Because uh, growing up, Pops living in the city and then slowly moving up north. My mom lived across the bridge on the east side. Things are a little bit nicer. Schools are a little bit nicer. Houses are on the water. You know, me being a mixed kid myself. So seeing both sides of that um, is, is a pretty wild thing for me. You know, because mm. I know that my mom was a blue eyed blonde. I know that my dad's from Oakland. That's why I look like the way that I do. Mm. But to the average, you know what I'm saying? That perception of the art that I'm pushing out, right? To my, my boys in Seattle is way different than uh, the cats I used to go to school with for the most part. You know, so just because I know it in my head doesn't mean that they necessarily know at first glance. So I've been mixed in the sense like really just thrown into two different types of culture from music um to school to what's really important to these two different groups of people right so like i said i've kind of throughout my life taken things that i like that i feel that i'm a part of and back pocketed that um the where we're going as a whole shit man i feel like um I miss the uh, mind your business era. Mm. Um, I feel like that's just, just not alive anymore. And, you know, I feel like people that, that cancel culture is fucking crazy to me, man. Like, yeah. It's, it's they, people, like, groups of people will cancel things that other groups of people are like, bro, we didn't even mind. Like that wasn't a problem for us. And you know, that's, that's one of the core values on this show is that we are imperfectly human. Yeah. Um, I think that when we become this perfect digital self in the world, that we're given a false message, especially when you think about kids, dude, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to think that everybody needs to be perfect their whole lives. We want a little yeah, human absolutely. in our humanity, absolutely. you know, um, the other part of this show is the uncensored thing, right? Um, I feel that the only kind of censorship I've ever wanted to practice is self-censorship. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be respectful as I can about topics and things like that. But, you know, I think that if, if we're going to have a conversation that there should be no place that we couldn't actually have a conversation about things. Yeah, definitely. Right. But art today, I think in the world today, I think the culture that we have today shapes more of the way we think than our actual education system. Okay. So, you know, like, are we leading the world in anything? Like I'm education? Sure no. Inventions? Um, fucking, we have the most superstars. We do. We got the most we're serial the, killers. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, fuck. 
is one of the, uh, like we have the most uh, popularity when it comes to music and movies and television and entertainment. But other yeah. than that, man, they just switched up math on me. I thought I was hella good at math. <laughs> My son brought me this homework the other day and was, you got to do math different. I was like, man, I got to relearn all of this shit. Why are we changing something that that's, works universally? Because they want us to hate <laughs> fucking math. Yeah, I like math, though. I like math. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> they, they, dude, I actually think that part of the curriculum is intended for us to hate fucking math. Because if we hate math, we can't check their numbers. Yeah. You know, it's I'm just not using their system because you still get the same fucking answer my way. Anyway, that's another subject <laughs> altogether. Here's something that we lead the world in, pornography. United States makes the most pornography, which, you know, you got to do something, right? You got to make your mark somehow, you know? But, you know, that goes back to the culture. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about rap a little bit. Uh, rap came out in New York City, um, and it is the biggest... Hip-hop is the biggest uh, genre of music in the world today. It's been that way just for a few years now. You know, here in the United States, though, it, it was at one time, um, you couldn't perform hip-hop, mm -hmm. right? So going back to New York City, where it started was on the streets, right? This is one of the things that KRS-One talked about. And it, it, it hit me when, when he was talking about this, is uh, people were doing it on the streets, right? But nobody liked that shit. Yeah. You know, people came around and said, you guys are, are loitering. Yeah. You know, you can't stand out here. So it moved into the houses and became, you know, the music of house parties. Um, but it, even even when it first started to come out on the airwaves, it was still seen as like um, almost illegal. You know, that same, you know, idea of you need mm -hmm. to move off the streets, you're loitering. You know, you don't belong here. Yeah. You know, um, and that's kind of the idea of that song, Voodoo. Right. Um, I talk about the artists kind of like Malcolm X. Right. You know why he had the name X? Go ahead. He felt like his uh, name was taken away from him. Mm -hmm. Right. He didn't know what his African name was. Yeah. So a lot of slaves, they had to sign their name with an X because they couldn't read or write. So that was just, you know, their name or their last name or whatever, um, especially early on in voting. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. So uh, I like the way I started that song off was X has come the truth, the way that truth collects us just to protect the view of love connected. Mm. We are separated and framed by the faceless faces who framed us complacent. Malcolm say tasteless, you know, and, uh, it's kind of about that idea that, that KRS-One talked about. Um, there's a truth that's kind of being silenced by the producers of art today, yeah. right? And I think that's part of the culture that we have is you've got to say safe things. You've got to say things that's acceptable. And uh, now it's getting so far that we're going to cancel your motherfucking yeah, ass fuck if all you that, don't. Man. Fuck all that, man. Fuck right. all that. That's right. We are uncensored here on the Truth to Power podcast. Come on. Imperfectly human. You know, and I think that the part of the idea of imperfectly imper human is I have the right to be wrong. So, like, when we throw out our opinions on this show, you might change my opinion. I might change your opinion. We might grow as people. Absolutely. But we can't be locked into what the fuck we said last week. No, no, and, no. And feel like we can't grow, evolve, 
and become different people. Because that's, for me, that's part of the show is I want to grow as a human being. I want to grow as an artist, but I also want to affect that in others. And, and the idea that it's safe to grow. Yeah, it has to be, you know, um, I've never been the person to not admit when I was wrong when it came to knowledge, right? I'm real quick to be like, oh shit, word, you got a, you got a good point there. That makes sense, right? Kind of like what you were talking about earlier with how Malcolm's ever evolving ideology kept moving, right? That's the same thing that I try to step that path to, you know, if uh, someone knows a little bit more information than I do, why not take that, retain that, and now you're learning as well. You know, I'm not the smartest man in the world. Maybe not even in this room, <laughs> but being <laughs> around, here, man. but being around, put me on the spot, <laughs> <laughs> but being around, that's how I grow as well. Right. Mm. You know, I think there's a, a difference between, uh, knowledge and understanding and wisdom. Mm. Right. So I think that this is just my own perception of things. And I came around with this when I was in my twenties, I was trying to figure some shit out. So I was writing and keeping a journal. And this is one of the things that came out of one of my journals is that knowledge is kind of of the head. Okay. Like it's something I can know in my mind, right? Understanding is a little bit in the heart, right? I, if I've been where you've been, I can understand, yeah. right? I, when I watch football, I know what they're doing, but I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the last thing is wisdom. And I think that wisdom is in the hands, mm. right? Wisdom is where you bring into balance the knowledge and understanding that you have and to make something. Definitely. Right? But you don't need to talk a lot when it comes to wisdom. I mean, nobody talks about anything anymore. They, they just regurgitate everything they see on TV or hear on the radio or, or watch on the web. When was the last time you had a real conversation with someone without somebody texting or looking at a screen or a monitor over your head? You know, a conversation about something that wasn't uh, celebrities, gossip, sports, or pop politics. You know, there's something, something important or something personal. So you can tell I ain't that wise because I'm always fucking talking. <laughs> Yeah, man. All right, so here's a question about this this quality of life in America and, you know, our culture, right? Here's my question. Is American identity today being disconnected, tribalistic, passive observers that are just simply watching as the show goes on? Shit, to a certain extent, yeah. I feel like people either want to be way away from it or all in the mix, mm. right? It's uh, got people that want nothing to do with some of this shit. Or they're just on their way, on the road, searching for quick fame, right? They want to be involved. They want to be that well-known, all-across-the-screen type person. Um, for me personally, I try to find a common balance between the two, you know? I like to uh, sometimes just step away and blend in, mm. even though I know a lot of people. I've, I've done a lot of things in my life, you know? I'm, shit, I was at the grocery store yesterday, and someone ran up on me. I didn't know, Coach, what's up, Coach? Oh, what up, kid? How you doing, man? <laughs> You know, so I think it's a fine balance between really being able to express who you are and have that individuality and only seeking that attention of recognition, right? And, you know, what I'm actually thinking about a lot is the way that we interact with uh, politics, mm. right? We watch it on the news, but how many people actually get involved to affect some kind of change in any kind of way? And that's the passive observer 
disconnected, tribalistic, passive observer just watching the show that I'm mm -hmm. talking about. Um, I think that that is part of our culture. I think that the culture that we have wants people to be that disconnected, just watching the show instead of what an artist is, what we talked about in the very beginning, an expression of, of self, yeah. right? Art is the freedom that we have to express the self. But I think there is very controlled messages in our art. Um, I think there's very controlled messages in our media that keeps us disconnected. I think it keeps us tribalistic where we're canceling these motherfuckers. I think it keeps us as passive observers, right? I'm gonna watch the news. I might talk about it with my friends, but I'm not gonna do shit. Yeah. No, I feel that 100%. Fuck, man, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said sometimes I wasn't that observer, mm. you know? And certain things that I've dealt with in my life too, also including this cancel culture nowadays and not being able to have a place to have a voice, right? You know, you say some shit that people might not like and they just don't want to fuck with you, right? Um, so I, I try to do my best if there's something that's really, really bothering me like that. Like, how do you turn that into action? You know, how do you turn that feeling and into an action plan versus just going straight to anger or straight to fear and not saying shit about it or not doing anything about it? Dude, hip hop for me is a way to uh, affect change. When I'm sitting there on that piece of paper or, you know, actually my phone, I write shit on my phone. I used to write on paper. I don't do that shit no more. But today I'm, I'm writing it on my phone, right? But when I sit there and do that, like I'm, I'm usually alone. Mm -hmm. But you don't know who will hear your words when yeah. you first start popping those things off. Like that song Voodoo. Dude, I wrote that track in in. 20 minutes maybe yeah. I was I, I I listened to that while I was getting ready to, for work to be honest with you mm -hmm. and um, it hit me so hard I'm just standing there I'm, I should be getting ready for work but I'm just standing there I'm listening to this dude talk for a minute and I just I walked away thinking about shit and I'm just in my head thinking oh X has come to truth the way truth collects us just to protect yeah. and I just kept that going and I wrote it all on my phone hitting that voice record yep. so I had to revise it some but but that's a way to affect change because our voice carries. It does, hundred percent. You know, it's uh, some of my best shit. You know, because I'm uh, I used to put the pen to the pad, used to do the phone thing. Um, now I'm more. I'll just start from scatting, man, and really take off with there. And it usually happens when there is something going on in the world that I'm like, man, fuck all that. You know, and I, I get my little. <laughs> And then I go right after it. And some of the craziest shit that I've ever recorded that I have in my notes or had the opportunity to later to jot down was when nobody else was around to hear this thing. Was when it stopped me in my tracks when I had some shit to really do that day, mm. you know? And that just goes to speak on the power of music again. This shit will literally stop you in, the tra in your tracks and you'll just run with an idea, right? Typically, that's some of my best shit. To stop you dead in your tracks and you just start getting obsessive about that. All right. Mm. You know, this track that we're doing today. So I don't know if I told you this, maybe I did. Um, what we do on this show is we, we take a, a song that I put out. Yeah. Right. And we get two topics out of that song. We used to do, um, 
one topic on a song, but it just actually wasn't enough. Some of these topics we had to sit on for more than a week. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we made that switch early on, I guess. Um, but now we do, usually I get two topics out of a song. Um, this track here is a, a track called Beat Down. And um, the idea of it is that I get beat down, then I get up on the mic, mm -hmm. right? So that's that's kind of the idea of this track um, is that when life beats you down, one of the things that gives me strength to stand up and speak is is performing rap, doing rap, um, you know, and, and in the song, I kind of talk about how uh, the Matrix takes us into sleep. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I'm actually talking about is the, the culture. That's kind of the matrix for us. You know, this matrix of information that we have. Yeah, yeah. Um, the matrix takes us in uh, uh, into sleep, uninformed and framed by them. The house they built, it seems condemned, right? So I'm kind of talking about this culture that's been created. And, and in a lot of ways, I think that people are kept in these boxes, right? And if you get out of that box, motherfucker, we're going to cancel you. Oh, yeah, right away too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever uh, listen to Bill Burr? I like me some Bill Burr. Dude, did you ever hear his uh, stand-up on Saturday Night Live? The last one he did during COVID times? I think I may have. I may have, yeah. I'm pretty familiar with his stuff, man. They wanted to cancel him after the show, said he was a racist. I was <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, no. Nah. Does his wife know? Yeah, I was about to say, does his <laughs> kids know yet? Or? If, if, <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to the show, you don't know Bill Burr is married to an African-American woman. Um, it would be real difficult to be a racist if you was married to an African-American woman as a white man. You know what I mean? You'd have to really keep that shit on the down low. Yeah, man, that's not, that's not Clayton Bigsby. Ah, yeah, <laughs> surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dude, that was one of the best episodes. Of oh, it was fucking terrible, but I think people loved it. Oh, dude, I mean? it was it was so good. Oh yeah, it was. What was your favorite Chappelle moment? Oh, fuck, dude, I, I loved. Uh, I like uh, the racial draft was a good one for me. I loved uh, the dice rolling championship. Oh yeah, with Ashley Larry. Uh -huh. I love the Mad Real World. Oh, give me the Mad Real World in in real life. <laughs> I said. <laughs> hey Dave, I fuck Katie too, man. <laughs> Dude, I think my favorite was the uh great moments in uh black history when a black man took a shit on a white toilet. My only options at that time were I could either go doo-doo in my trousers, which I could do. That was my only good pay at the time. <laughs> or I could use the white restroom. It was risky. But so was Mudbutt. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dave, Dave, too, just in general, Bill Burr also is like, they're going to create what they want to create and they're going to say what they want to say. This is art. It's fucking art. Yeah. Same, same way how I feel about the shit that I put out. I should be unapologetically myself when it comes to what I believe in and what I want to say and what I choose to speak on. Right. You never really know who's listening in. That shit could be life-changing. I know I've had those moments in my life where you hear some shit and it just speaks to you, speaks through you. Like, y'all make you stand up in that moment and keep on fighting for what the fuck you really believe in. I think there was a, a philosopher and I can't remember what the dude's fucking name was. It's me, Tug! It's me, Tug. That's right! Now, Tug who? Tug who? I don't know. Who are you? Me! 
I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. What? You a dude that don't know what duty he is. Or are you a dude who has no idea what dude he is and claims to know what dude he is? He talked about how we live in a box, right? Like our homes. Mm-hmm. They're just big boxes, right? And when we drive in our cars, we're kind of in another kind of box. We go to our cubicles in the office, our, our workspace, right? We, we live in these boxes in a lot of ways, physically disconnected from each other. But um, since the, uh, the age of um, mass production has happened, right? This uh, industrial age, we've been in this place of hyper productivity and producing, which we produce so much a lot of times that um, we can't even really feel a connection to the things we're making anymore. Where people used to have like a a skill, a trade, they were deeply connected to the work they did. They felt like after they finished it, I did that shit right there. Right, mm-hmm. I'm sure after you played a, a football game and you saw the tape, you were like, "Yeah, I did that." Yeah, I fucking balled. And not everybody can do it. <laughs> yeah, right. But in the world today, like, how many people can do? I don't know some of the jobs that we have. Right, you've worked some jobs that's been monotonous. I've worked some jobs that's been monotonous. Um, and what that philosopher talked about when you live in that box is that um, you feel kind of alienated. Yeah. Right. So alienation is the state or experience of being isolated from a group or an activity to which one should belong or in, be involved with. And that's kind of what I think that, that our culture does today is it alienates us. It kind of places us in these boxes. 100%. Yeah. That tribalistic, disconnected, yeah. you know. My job consists of basically masking my contempt for the assholes in charge. And at least once a day, retiring to the men's room so I can jerk off while I fantasize about a life that doesn't so closely resemble hell. Just me and my world and my things, and that's it, right? But once again, I'm going to keep on saying it. Fuck all that. You know, even what I'm, what I'm currently doing for work right now, you know, half the people really love me there. Half the people can't fucking stand me <laughs> because I'm not going to just show up and work some assembly line bullshit and not be like, what up, y'all? How's your day been? Oh, How dude, was your perfect. weekend? I like your fucking shoes. Something, you know what I mean? And yeah. Some people just get real awkward and you can see them really tense back up and get back to that home base in their safe little bubble, you know? But this is, I'm, I'm around hundreds of people every day. If I'm, I can't not say something, I have to, because it's such a part of me to feel connected and be connected with uh, everything that I'm around. You know, I'm, I've tried to play that. All right, Jay, you know, all right, pop, you come on, man, pop will be popping it sometimes. You know, you got to calm it down, tone it down a little bit. Right. It's OK to just blend in and, you know, you don't have to speak on everything. Mm. But then I get to that point and I feel myself tapping my foot and moving around like, fuck, I can't help myself. I feel that need to always be connected to the environment that I'm around, period. And that's the topic of this particular episode is how art connects us. And I think that I think that some people are true artists if they don't make art or not, right? And mm-hmm. I would say that your approach there is what an artist is, which at the beginning of the show, I said it's individual freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what art is. It doesn't matter if you're cooking or if you're playing ball or if you're painting a painting or if you're on the mic. 
right? This is a way of connecting to the world around us. And if we do that in an authentic way, like what you're talking about at the job, yeah. right? All you did was help the people that like who you are find you faster. Yeah, exactly. And the ones that are going to judge you, guess what? They're going to separate themselves anyway. They mm -hmm. always were. Yeah. They always were. Yeah. You know, always. But, you know, there's also people that are different than you that see you for who you are, accept that person, and then they grow themselves and you can grow because you can learn from them. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what art to me should be about. But I think the culture that we have today, this safe ass homogenized culture where everything is becoming kind of the same. Right. Um, that's just mad corny to me. Ooh, it is. But I think that part of the thing is, is to keep us in our place, to keep us in that box. Yeah. Fuck all that. I'm not doing none of that <laughs> at all. I can't do it. I can't do it, man. Like I'm one of them cats. From everything that I do, if, you, if I start catching people, you know, it's, it's great to inspire, but my style from music to the way that I, I move around and present myself to what I wear, whatever the case is, that shit's always going to keep evolving mm. in the sense that if people are, I start noticing, you know, I'm, I'm looking like a fucking cookie cutter right now. You know, I'm feeling like a cookie cutter. I'm using the same slang that's super uh, popular right now, whatever it is. No, I'm just going to start making up words and see if that shit catches on. <laughs> Pop will be popping it, I'm telling y'all. That is so fetch. Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> oh shit, you're going to get some of that Curious G style in you, dude, because that's, that's the stuff I sometimes do. You know? Um, anyways, I ain't going to derail this thing. I want to get back to the loneliness idea, right? Um, and I think that our culture creates a lot of loneliness. I think art breaks down those barriers and connects people. But this is um, loneliness is defined as uh, dis a distressing experience arising from perceived isolation or inadequate, meaningful connections. Mm -hmm. Right. So I started looking at this idea of loneliness and I actually was curious what what the health people had to say on this topic. So the Surgeon General said that loneliness is more widespread than any other major health issues in the U.S. Now, this includes diabetes, obesity. In fact, chronic sense of isolation can have vast health ramifications and it can increase our risk of cardiovascular disease, dementia, stroke, depression, anxiety, premature death. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of shit. Yeah. And I think it makes your dick little. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> if you're fit, you, it's a thing. <laughs> I'm fit as fuck. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. that there's physical, mental, and spiritual effects of loneliness. Mm -hmm. And art is one of those things that connects us. And you don't got to be, uh, I think everybody wants to be that person that, uh, that gets a million views. You know, you can rock the mic in a room full of 10 yeah. and have a genuine human connection and live your truth. Absolutely. You know, but I, I think that people have forgot that. I think that we want to uh, stand in front of the masses. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, some of me and my boys back in the day when we used to kick it and, you know, we used to have these little house parties all the time, man. And, you know, our thing, it was whether it's two of us or 2000 of us, we're going to have a good fucking time regardless. Right. Um, back to the whole isolation and loneliness thing for me personally, like I said, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people, you know, how I project myself, how I carry myself. That shit is almost like gravity. People want to be around that. People kind of fiend to be around that. 
but it's not necessarily because I'm around hella people doesn't mean that I'm not myself lonely from time to time. It's for, it could be not having the right type of connections. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Not being able to feel the right kind of feelings. You know, I can sit here and talk all day. I can be around people all day, but if it's not my kind of people, if it's not the people that I feel that really get me and understand me and it's a genuine, authentic connection, I'm fucking by myself still, right? It's possible to be lonely in a room full of people. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think when that stops is when we're okay with being alone. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't have to be in a room full of people and constantly interact with people all the goddamn time yeah. to feel like I'm okay. Yeah. You know, um, and a lot of that for me comes back to I know exactly who the fuck I am. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some people don't really get the the like who I am once I open my mouth and talk a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Like, I've had some reactions on this podcast from people, people that I know. Some people really surprised me and reacted very well. Other people, like, when I first came out, I had a good buddy of mine. He's like, you know, you might not want to cuss oh. all that much. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude drops the F-bombs every other word, but he does have kids, and I understand where he's coming from. But to be honest with you, this show really ain't for kids. No. Right? If you're if you're 12 years old listening to the Truth of Power podcast, um, you're probably bored as shit. Yeah, yeah. And you probably are a little lonely. Go outside, run around, kid. Yeah, play with a stick. Yeah, something. But um, I think that one of the things that we want to do on this show is we want to look at uh, these social political spiritual topics right through the lens of art and these are adult kind of ideas that we're hitting on mm-hmm. right and if you're an adult and you haven't used the word motherfucker um i don't know what kind of box you've been living that's in. what i'm saying grow up what are you doing yeah you probably maybe religious All which right. i don't yeah. know if too many super religious people are going to vibe on this show but you know i understand that it, for some people profanity is a turnoff um dude where i came from motherfucker was just what you said it's expressive yeah it was expressive so i don't know if i ever told you this but um in florida they they had um different water fountains and shit like that till almost 1970 i was born in 1970 mm-hmm. right so five years old um six years old when i started going to school first grade i went to uh, one of those schools that they bus you in from the white neighborhood to the black neighborhood yeah. Right. And it was about 80% black and motherfucker was just what you said. Mm -hmm. So, um, for me, you know, I don't sit there and think that I'm, I'm hurting my soul. When I say motherfucker, I feel like I'm just being myself and and talking from the heart. Now, do I say that at, uh, when I'm standing in Safeway, getting some food, be mindful of my surroundings, surroundings, but I'm not, I'm not completely myself, Yeah, but on this mic. Oh Yeah. I've got to What do you say? I'm that motherfucker. I'm that motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, you know, this, this idea of, of loneliness, isolation, right? Here's my, here's my question. How important is it that we remain connected as humans? It is one of the most important things in my opinion, because of there has been this crazy disconnect, Right. You're sitting there scrolling screens all goddamn day. Hmm. Who have you talked to, right? Who who have you had the opportunity to speak with on some of your ideas? You're eating yourself alive. 
sitting on that couch or laying in that bed, just scrolling your phone, fucking giggling. Right. I think being able to have that ability and some kind of social skills as well is crucial. It's like a, it's a lost art in itself mm. to be able to just go up and how you doing and have a conversation with somebody sitting in that Safeway line, whatever it is. Right. And I get a lot to myself because I am that way. You know, if I'm walking by someone, I, I make eye contact. I'm going to say hello. I'm going to throw a head nod, you know, start a conversation. And a lot of people get that. Where are you from, man? Like, I'm from Seattle. They're like, no, you're not. They're like, yeah, I'm from Seattle. You're like, well, you don't act like that, you know, because I, uh, I do have that ability and that willingness and that want to be like, what's up? You know, just saying hello to somebody can be a big difference maker in their day. Mm. You have no idea. Like, I don't know what most people be going through. But if they're staring, I used to be that, what the fuck you looking at kind of guy. Now you smile and say, hello, what's up? How's your day? Something. Are people warm and connected in Seattle? (laughs) (laughs) You ain't heard? See, now to me, they are, dude, because I came from a place that is not like this, right? I came from a different type place. And everybody thinks, oh, Florida. Y'all motherfuckers party. Yeah. Um, yeah. Daytona Beach, we do party, yeah. right? That was what we did. But you you don't have to necessarily be connected when you're partying. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But in real life, regular life, you ain't connected like that. Yeah. Um, we were uh, we were vile people, man, where I come from. there's Dude, there's five colleges in Daytona Beach. And everybody is there with dad's money. Wild as hell. Wild as hell. But you know what? The girls, they don't want to make a life with you. Yeah, they're just popping it. You know, they'll hang that night, but um, they don't want nothing deep. And if you ain't got the funds, right, if you ain't got the money, um, nobody really wants that much from you in Daytona Beach. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a very superficial place in Florida. Um, You know, there's there's a few people that's doing real well, and then there's a lot of people that ain't. And you know what? Those people that ain't, they don't trust each other. Yeah, but. Not at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's about survival. Yeah, I feel, I feel and, like, uh, sorry, I mean, cut you off. No, you I feel like in Seattle, man, it's, um, people are on that judging a book by its cover instantly. You know what I mean? If, if we walk by each other and we don't look like we have any commonality, mm-hmm. I ain't saying a goddamn word. Most people, that is, right? Um, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a mixed kid. I'm a fucking Gemini. I understand perspective down the line, you know? Um, not everybody's like that and that's fine too. Um, mm. you know, they, they, I'm just not quick to assume that I can connect or get along with somebody just based on what they look like or the, what their music taste is. Shit. I probably rock with some of the stuff they rock with too. Not knowing and having that simple ass conversation that is not too damn hard to have and to be connected, to get you out of that box. You know, I think that's what the whole movement is, Right. Pretty much, dude. And that's the idea behind art connecting us. So one of the things that I, I started doing a podcast with and some of the stuff that I want to bring rappers together with is based on an idea of artists helping artists, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I want to take away some of the isolation. 
Yeah. Right. And I want to give people perspective that, that comes from other places, right? That's why we're framing these topics through the lens of art. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, in the song Beatdown, I'm not going to say that this is one of my better songs, to be honest with you. I really do like the track. It's not one of those that really catch the ear type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think lyrically and musically, we did some shit on this song. I think it was really a fucking uh, badass track. But it's just not one of those that, that, that catch people's attention attention mm-hmm. right but i wanted to talk about how um art does connect us and i also touched on the idea of how our culture is putting people to sleep like that matrix line that yeah. i hit earlier so this is another uh, uh little bar from this this song i gotta ask is y'all asleep 300 million sheep should i keep my angry mad ass breath before i talk this life to death you know, okay, and and I feel like I feel like that art is a place that we can bring people together and say the things that we have to say, and I I do think that we're in a disconnected society, um, but with this idea, right? I, I was looking at the medical side of things, so I always try to bring some perspective from doctors mm-hmm. and, and psychologists, and this is a physician from Harvard. Uh, he's a professor, uh, Jeremy Noble. He believes that art can help foster connection in a time where there's increasing isolation, right? He thinks it's one of the cures is actual art, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons why our art is so superficial today. I think that that people, that the powers that be don't really want the rapper speaking his truth from the corner or the artist connecting people. Yeah. I said some shit like this, man. I, you know, uh, I know it's some hip hop, but uh, I like to describe myself as I, I used to be a poet. And I wrote this shit or just freestyled this shit years and years and years ago. And it kind of stuck with me. I said something along the lines of, but if I'm taught and you're not, and I'm smart and you're hard, in the long run, motherfucker, who you think going to be better off, right? Mm. And some of these topics and some of these things that really do hit, you know, those are the ones getting millions and millions of views is, what the fuck did I learn from listening to this shit? You know, mm. I, you know, that's why I always connected with the Nas. I always connected with Outkast. I connected with those kind of artists, even as a little shorty, because I'm learning things. I'm learning perspective. It's getting me that opportunity to step the fuck outside of that little box, the bubble, whatever you want to call it, and use my imagination through from what I've heard to what I see and change my perspective into how do I make more connections with not only people, but the world, right? Mm. That's, that's another thing too, that I feel that people are disconnected with earth itself. I ain't never cut my hair off, <laughs> you know? And what you just said about how people feel disconnected from earth itself, actually, that was uh, on the last podcast, we kind of talked about that actually as an idea mm-hmm. um uh, phoenix was on here and her and i discussed how um you know people have this idea that we're disconnected from nature right yeah. so that we have uh this ability to have power over it and i put out the idea how long can you go without breathing yeah, <laughs> how long can you go without drinking water yeah we ain't disconnected from nature it's part of us right and i don't think that we can be disconnected from each other and be healthy no you know so that idea of what that doctor was talking about, how art could be one of the cures. Um, art transmits 
a universal message that can be appreciated beyond the limitations of culture, religious, or economic differences. The connection can reach across time to connect us today with people from the past, and it tells the human story. And that's why I think it's important that we study Absolutely. the humanities. Absolutely. Right? The look back in, in, in time and how- yeah, It's a time machine, man. Yeah, it is. You know, and here in America, like that was one why I asked, who are we? Who are we to the world? What's our culture? Right? Um, in a way, I think we're war makers. Yeah. You know? I see that. We've had 15 years of peace since we became a country. How long has it been since you actually had to shoot someone? Oh, wait. You never have. I forgot you never served in the military. You had your parents help you dodge the draft. Just like every other rich blowhard who makes a living off of American xenophobes. It seems like you guys just exploited some tragedies to further your agenda. In fact, it seems like it's always been about protecting big oil companies' right to keep boiling the whole world alive. Just because some court-appointed hillbilly president started taking orders from Jesus or the Easter Bunny or some other make-em-up play friend of his. <laughs> Is that mind-boggling? Yeah, that's something years. that just shut me up, you know? Because you, you think of, you know, you know, that's one of those things that I don't typically just sit and ponder throughout my day. And when you hear a fact like that, that's crazy. That is crazy, dude. That's crazy. That is crazy. And me and you didn't decide to go to war. No, I'm not about to, neither. Who in the fuck's got the keys, man? Who's driving this motherfucker? Oh. You know? Um, okay, so here's Dang. something. Here's another quote. And let's see if you can name who this motherfucker is. We've, we've talked about this person on the podcast, right? There is no better than adversity. Every defeat, every heartbreak, every loss contains its own seed, its own lessons on how to improve your performance next time. We talked about him today. We did. Was that uh, Brother Martin? Malcolm X. Brother man. Malcolm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was trying to find a quote that he threw out there on art. And uh, that was about as close as I could get <laughs> it when he talked about your performance. It can improve your performance. I said, all right, I'll take that shit. Um, he didn't talk about art too much. I tried to find something yeah. that he had to say. And I guess I could have looked for, uh, uh, you know, Martin Luther King since yesterday was was his day. Um, you know, I always I always liked the stuff that he said, but Malcolm for me was just powerful, man. Dude, he was authentic. It was powerful. Yeah. Everything that I've heard, any you know, even just the way his voice would carry when he spoke, it was like, fuck, man. That shit hits you right in your soul. You know, that's the that he was the type of voice to make you want to get the fuck up and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah, and that that idea of imperfectly human, I think he embodied it because he he knew who he was and he was going to speak his truth with confidence in his voice. But when he when he saw those guys that he looked up to in his own religion, he didn't just like you know cover that shit up, mm -hmm. you know, and and he wasn't going to pretend. No, for he's nobody, like neither. this is this is who I am, and I think that the reason why. Malcolm was that way is I think that he believed spiritually that if he didn't do his truth, that he was actually going against the, the spirit that he believed yeah. in, you know, and I think that his fear was not what you think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that spiritual consequence of what if I don't live my truth while I'm here? 
Yeah, there's a. I feel like there's a fine line between really being who you are and ha- coming off with that I don't give a fuck attitude. Mm. You know, I feel like people that do have that, well, I just don't give a fuck are the people that really care the most. But people that genuinely are on that fuck that type of movement, that is who they are 1,000%, no questions asked. And I feel like that's something that we all inspire to be like is our true authentic self regardless of the situation Mm. here's another quote for you the true work of art is but a shadow of the divine perfection Mm. that was michelangelo Mm. you know what he one more time for me please okay the true work of art is but a shadow of the divine perfection damn yeah, I feel that. Yeah, that's that's probably a song waiting inside yeah, that that's motherfucker. Some shit right there. <laughs> but you know, what do you know about Michelangelo? I am not the most versed on the gentleman. Sistine Chapel, you know that I was know, him. Uh, yeah, yeah, just simple shit, okay. nothing too deep. Okay, so let me let me break down something about the Sistine Chapel. You know, he was commissioned by by the Catholic Church to paint this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he hated doing it. Yeah, I do know that, yes. Okay, did you know he tried to kill himself while he was doing also it? Also do know that, yes. Okay, do you know what he did after he tried to kill himself? I do not, not familiar. They they forced that motherfucker to heal up. Well, we gonna get you right, you gonna finish this yeah, goddamn ceiling, man. you gonna finish this shit <laughs> by damn sight, right? <laughs> I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. We'll um, wait, homie, you good. <laughs> yeah, but they, they, they basically got him healthy and forced him to finish it, so... I don't know, this is something a lot of people don't know, but if you ever go to the Sistine Chapel, up there on the ceiling of this this Catholic fucking church, he did a self-portrait within his painting. Okay. Okay? And on his portrait, his self-portrait, all his bones were broken. He looked like fucking jelly. Yeah. And he had no eyes. Okay. They were just black. Yeah. Just black, like his eyeballs were gone. Okay. And it was like his soul was just gone. Right. And that's the way that <laughs> the religious people made him yeah. feel. And he wanted to leave his mark and they never noticed. That's the, you know what that is in my, my, my head when I hear shit like that, mm. that's forced art, forced art. It's forced art. If I'm trying to do, if I have a certain vision of what this needs to look like or what it feels like, and I'm trying to throw that to the world and I break on my fucking legs <laughs> mm. And I get forced to finish this shit that I'm, I'm I'm not inspired for anymore. You're forcing my art. You're not getting the best of me, you know? Um, so that's a fucking wild concept to think about for me. I, n- I never knew that about him with the, you know, the jelly body and the black eyes and the soulless feel Dude, to it. Dude, it's powerful shit. wild, man. Now think about this. You're a rapper from the streets. You're speaking your truth. You get a record deal. And then all of a sudden... Oh, you can't talk about that. We don't want you to say, fuck the police. What? No, shut up. Yeah. Right? And there's a lot of people that did. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a lot of people that did. Um, you know, and in that song Voodoo, it's another thing that I talk about how, you know, we get enslaved again by the money. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've never uh, <laughs> had wild sums of money like that in my life. There's been moments where I've been feeling myself, you know, but... I can only imagine fighting that line of here's X amount of dollars that crazy amount that some of these cats will have never even seen. Mm. 
but I need you to do X, Y, and Z. I need you to not talk about this. I need you to hold back on this topic. I need you to switch your voice and your style and all that shit. And for me personally, fuck that. <laughs> Once again, fuck that. Because that, you know, that's that's not who I am. I'm just the image. You know, that's, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be a puppet for nobody else's ideas that aren't my own. You know, and I, I think I've talked about a lot of different things. I've had sex songs. I've had love songs mm -hmm. that I've done and all that stuff. But I've also put out some things that would not be very acceptable. You know, I might get my ass canceled if I'm not careful, you yeah. know, even on this show. Um, but I think that I think that when it comes to, to our art, I think not only are we creating our own reality, what, what we talked yeah. about earlier, yeah. how the mind creates our own reality, Um but if you are playing this this part that's not real, you're going to create a reality for yourself yeah. that's not real. And you're going to be empty and that, that alienation state, that loneliness state. So personally, I want to be that person that's authentic, right? So getting back to the health stuff, uh, the unique aspect of our brain, there's this neural circuitry. Okay. Right there's this connection between the artist and the receiving viewer that's based on the biological platform of the way our mind works. Um, this appears to be universal. The hypothesis aligns well with the view that there's this shared sense of being together with others yeah. in a single and unified experience. Right. So this is this is actually mm -hmm. coming from a paper that one of these doctors wrote, right? An artistic experience is in line with a multi-level connectedness, right? It, it has this, uh, you know, interconnected feeling among these individuals. This area is of great in interest to psychology and neuroscience today, as well as clinical neurology, since art is considered one of the treatment methods for brain disorders today. Huh. If you actually have somebody with a brain disorder and you get them to do any kind of art, it actually helps to heal the brain is what this dude was driving at. Yeah. So my question is, could art heal the mental disorders that exist within our society, right? Things like racism, I would say, is a mental disorder, right? Yeah. It's not the nat natural state of yeah, humanity yeah. No, yeah, to hate each other, yeah. right? So could art heal mental disorders and that loneliness? I feel like it does. Look at cats like, you know, look at cats like Jimmy. Look at cats like uh, Nirvana and them. I know white people that rock with Jimmy. I know brothers that rock with Nirvana. And that's the beautiful thing about music to me and art in general is it does give us that connectedness in the sense that it doesn't really fucking matter what you look like or where you come from or what you have and don't have. If you speak something that I can be like, damn, that's me. Mm. Right. That's, that's what I was saying. That quote earlier, he said, we're the hope for the hopeless, the voice for the voiceless. It's saying the shit that I can't physically come up with. Uh, my brain hasn't clicked over to make this shit make sense until you had said what you said. Every time I hear you say that line, I got to hear that song because I have a song called Loveless. I got I got it for you. It's, right? it's, it's, it's filthy, bro. My, my song Loveless, I go, uh, I gave my love to the loveless, faith to the faithless, touch not, taste not, things which break us. Right? Okay. Like that's my hook. Yeah. And every time I hear you say that, I'm like, ah, yeah. it feels a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm like that sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, so we are almost out of time. We got a couple of minutes left, right? So we're going to wind this down real quick. But we're talking about how art can heal the minds and things like that. And I've also talked about how all of our art is kind of homogenized. It kind of keeps us all the same, right? You know that there's been 12 Fast and Furious movies. I thought there was only 10, but all right. 12. God. 25 James Bond films. I've seen one of them. There's been 53 Batman films, including the animation. Yeah, I've probably, I've probably seen all the Batmans. Oh, you've seen 53? Probably. Guaranteed. Jesus Christ. You know, Meg Ryan has appeared in 13 romantic comedies. And in now, in 2023, that old motherfucker is going to be starring in her 14th. Somebody else is going to fall in love with Meg Y'all Ryan. still fucking with Meg like that? Dude, everybody's in love with Meg Ryan. But, you know, this is, we keep putting out the same ideas. The same mm-hmm. ideas, right? It's, it's, it, and the reason is, is because they know that you're going to buy it. Yeah. Right? The investor knows that you're going to buy it. And you know what? When we keep putting out these ideas, it keeps us from growing. Cookie cutter, bro. Cookie cutters. All right. So, culture. This comes from a Latin word called cultura, stemming from colore, meaning to cultivate generally refers to patterns of human activity and the symbolic structures that give activities and significance their importance. Mm. Right? Well, are we making some culture today with Fast and Furious 12 that, that's given like, us some kind of an importance in the world? Are people going to look back and remember this shit? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're up for any uh, Academy Awards this year. Uh, Have we become tasteless? To a certain extent, man, like... In my opinion, there's nothing better than that new refreshing idea, concept, or just a different twist on it, different perspective through it. Like I said, man, I'm all shout out to all the rappers that I'm quoting, Nipsey Hustle, High Tech, Method Man. Method Man said, I'll stop changing my style when y'all stop stealing it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> He's shouting out the rappers. I'm shouting out the philosophers. Those are my philosophers. You know, I got to take what I what I don't what I do know <laughs> and fill it in with that. But, yeah, I feel that I'm know. a little bit of a rap philosopher. Yeah. You know, you know who the guy that was the the guy that inspired me mm. um, was Black Thought. Okay, and and um, like you know, KRS One was a dude that I talked about in that um, that one track, uh, Voodoo, right? But um, I talk about uh, black thought a little bit. And I talk about how he is a rap philosopher. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's one of the things that's inspired me to do what I do. Absolutely, um, He's kind of molded my style a little bit, but th- this philosopher I'm about to break down is Frederick Nietzsche. Okay. He said that the essence of all beautiful art, all great art is gratitude. That we have to have uh, just some kind of sense of gratitude yeah. within us um, and bring something to the world. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Um, and I think that's true. I think that's true. I think we have to believe that if we're sharing our truth, that we have a truth to give. Absolutely. If we're just talking out our ass, you know, maybe we can do it well and get paid to do it. But I think we're going to live that alienated, lonely life. Yeah. If y'all want, I could ghostwrite some dumb shit all day. <laughs> I can too. So if anybody's hiring, I can ghostwrite some dumb shit. We got bro. some dumb shit writers hit sitting here waiting for some money. Yeah. All right. 
We're out of time. This is the last quote I'm going to throw out. I usually I usually do a parting thought, okay. right? But I'm going to do my parting thought first today yeah. and then give you the, the mic after that. I'm just going to throw out one last quote from Malcolm X. I believe that there will be ultimately a clash between the oppressed and those that do the oppressing. I believe that there will be a clash between those who want freedom, justice, and equality for everyone and those who want to continue the system of exploitation. I believe that there will be that kind of clash, but I don't think it will be based on the color of the skin. And I think Malcolm was right. Mm -hmm. I think that one of those things that, that's happening is, is that this is happening in our art, right? Um, think about that cancel culture that we talked about. Right, that is the oppressors oppressing others um, and trying to silence that freedom, justice, and equality. You know, when when you are censored, you're getting everyone to think the same. That's my parting thought. Yeah. What you got on the mic? I feel that, man. Um, you know, I've been a lot of things in my life, right? And one thing that I'm fighting for right now is to make the little kid version of myself proud of me. And uh, that little kid version of myself did walk that line between I will always be who I am and I really don't give a fuck what you think about that. That's what I got for you. I like it, dude. I think that uh, brings up the idea of nurturing and culture. Cultivate, grow. Absolutely. Grow in the human soul. I feel like we went someplace today, dude. I, I, I think I think we were right there, man. I think we I think we were right there, man. I mean, we ain't tickling the balls out there, but we're we're getting the panties wet, that's yeah, for sure. A little slow. <laughs> well, I sure appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing your truth with me on man, this topic. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. This is Curious G and I got my man. Papa Brown. Papa Brown. And we are out. Sometimes my love my shadows bite. Trust not how that money fights. Rough touch so goddamn hard. You can trade away your smooth for scar. You lost Snow White right out the gate. So you stumbled, you tumbled, you fell through fate. Mirror's image came with shame. We accept the dress of wearing chains. Okay, sometimes my shadows bite. Get so dark we hide from light. Innocence dies and yet we keep our lives. Let me baby give you my truth The darkness ain't got shits on you Not under touch, not in my view Eyes open wide, I feel your truth Right here, right now, go shine on through Right here, right now, go shine on through Right here, right now, go shine on through Yeah, I see you Alright, so we never really talked about Innocence Kept No, we and, did not uh, You know, I feel like that's a very straightforward You know exactly what the song is saying You know exactly what right. the song is doing um, I do think it's one of our best tracks that we've ever done. Um, I agree. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's constantly had the popularity on, on Spotify. Um, it's a very accessible topic, right? Um, but you know, I think the, the music where we went different on this track <laughs> is, do you remember what we did differently with this one? I, not... In particular, but I've listened to the song so many times. My favorite part about it, besides the song, the actual lyrics and shit, is the bass line on there. Dude, I don't well, know if I need to do the bass line. It is but the bass line. It's all about that bass. But yeah. it's it, it was a different approach in the studio from every other song I've ever done. I did absolutely mean? no dub track on this on this song. Oh, yeah. is this? Did I create the dubs on here? Is that that? Or did we just keep it like straight? 
I think we just single. kept it all straight, one thing, because I wanted yeah. to go for some clarity right. with what I wanted to say. Right, you know? right. Um, you know, this song I wrote for uh, Amelia, and, um, you know, I wanted to be as straightforward and clear with the message to her as right. I possibly could, you know. Um, and it isn't really exactly a love song, but it's just having love for somebody that you appreciate something about them, right? right and I right. think there's there's a lot of clarity in, in the message for a reason. Um, you know, talking to her about her, her past and her life, you know, there's a lot of things that was like clouded darkness, you know, obscure. So I came with some clarity on this one and I think it really worked well vocally. I agree. I agree. Um, did we, we made this one together still though, right, Sean? Um, we did. Yeah, okay. we did. Okay. Um, and in fact, I, I asked her what instrument she wanted to hear on her song and uh, she said guitar. So that's kind of why we that's threw we the guitar with. in on this one. It, it's so weird because um, when we did the, I mixed the last two podcast episodes and I tell you, um, it's been a while since we've made like these songs or really like listen to them, you know what I mean? So every time we get to a new podcast episode and it's this older song we've done, like Innocence Kept, I get to listen to it again and sit with it again with like, um, kind of resonate with it after it's been a while, like a year or so, you know what I mean? And yeah. one thing that stood out to me, I was like, fuck man, we were getting funky with the baseline on that shit though, Sean, that shit sounds so good, dude. It is, it's a really good beat, even though it's kind of laid back and you wrote it perfectly. Um, but it's not very complex, but the baseline really stood out to me, um, last week. I was like, wow, this is really dope. And I think it's a good track to introduce the whole idea of getting into the heaven side of the albums, you know? Yes. Um, Another thing about this album, it's called Sounds Coming Through the Mask. Mm -hmm. And uh, Amelia and I were actually having a conversation, and I told her that that was uh, the the definition of the word personality, that personality um, was a Greek word. And Mm. that was how they defined it, was sounds coming through the mask. And when I told her that, she said, you know, you ought to name the album that. <laughs> so that's how we ended up the uh, the album name Sounds Coming Through the Mask on this five-track album. Dope. Yeah. She's a, she was a little influential on this one. It's um, a really fucking great name. It's cool. <laughs> that has been the Truth Power Podcast. I'm Curious G. Hope you enjoyed this topic on how art connects us all. Come back next week as we continue this topic in the song Beatdown. In the pocket, smooth ass cuts. I came for change, they came up bust. Some guts that nothing to say. I spoke my mind, may sprain my brain. Lyrically swung around jungle lines. Beat to beat, beat up blind. You bet your ass, been waiting long. Forget right swinging, toss unstrong. Gotta ask, is y'all asleep? 300 million sheep. Should I keep my angry, mad ass breath before I talk this life to death? Beat.